Welcome to episode number 200, Raise the Bar. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Gabe and Alan. Raise the bar. In this episode, we have special guest Alan Connor. We cover topics that range from racism, justice and equality, God, law school, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Heidi Reader and Henry Ford. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe and drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. First is first, housekeeping rules. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, We are also doing this possibly the last time via Zoom. Um, So obviously, we appreciate the audio is not up to tune. But, you know, the creators of Zoom are, are keeping us intact here. So we appreciate that. So if you hear, you know, people are at their home offices and have kids, so if you hear kids in the background or the audio is not as clear as it, you know, usually is, bear with us and we appreciate your patience. Anyway, with that being said, Connor or Alan Connor, you're here, buddy. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me, Jimmy Lee. Gabe, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, so for those of them who do not know who you are and what you do, let them know. So my name is Alan Connor. I'm a Bristolian. Shout out to, to Bristol, Bristol Borough. Um, I spent majority of my uh, uh, teenage years, um, high school, kindergarten, growing up in Bristol. Um, so, all right, so I grew up in Bristol, left around, I went to college right out, right out of school. I went to Howard University. Uh, it was my first stop. I loved Howard University. Those of you who don't know that, no, it's a historically black school. Um, so I went there for one semester. Unfortunately, I had to leave after that semester because I owed them like $1,800 for the previous semester. And... Um, I didn't realize me being a kid, um, I didn't really was strategic as far as financial planning for college. So I thought that uh, because of historically black school and I'm black, that they're gonna hook me up and they're gonna make it work. Um, right. Definitely wasn't the case. Um, it was the, the moment that I realized that I was at the finance trade office begging for some more money. And I said to the finance trade advisor, like, hook me up, you know, I'm a, I'm a brother. And she looked yeah. around like, you say anyone else here? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm tripping, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was a you know, that was a rude awakening for me. I had to um I had to come home and regroup. Um and I had to figure out how I'm gonna pay back eighteen hundred dollars because I had to get my credits and I, the plan was to go back to Howard. Um so I started waiting tables because I realized that that was that was the best thing as far as financially and, and uh, quick money. Um, so I was at a restaurant one day and I asked the waiter, like, how much money are you making? And the waiter told me, I was like, that's probably something I should do. So 
I took a semester off, so the fall semester, the spring semester, I took a semester off. Then I worked, worked, paid off the $1,800. And I, I didn't go back to Howard because at that point I decided it was financially wasn't the best decision. So I went to community college. Um, it was the best, it was an amazing decision. It was a life changing because I saved a lot of money and I was able to really become independent. I worked full time while in school as a, as a waiter. Um, you know, I learned how to pay bills. I learned how to handle my money um, while going to school. And uh, and it also too, community college, it wasn't like, I don't, maybe I wasn't ready for for university, but but community college was perfect. I did really well at community college. Um, and then after community college, I, I graduated and I kind of, uh, <laughs> life experience, I, um, I went to Penn State because going through some life experiences, I was with a girl and I was trying to get away from her. Bad idea to just go away to school to get away from her. <laughs> um, so I decided to go to Penn State and it didn't. And I once I was there after a month, I was like, this is a terrible idea. I don't want to be in Penn State. Um, so then I left, came back. And then the final semester, I went to Temple. Um, and at that point, I was so focused on going, going to Temple because when I graduated college, I don't know if, if you know, but Bristol is a very small town, right? And a lot of people go to the same universities, Temple being one of those. And I remember saying when I was in high school, I'm not going to Temple. It's just going to be like a high school, it's just going to be a high school reunion. It's not going to happen. Um, but it was a great blessing that I went to Temple. Again, I worked full time throughout Temple, but I, there I, had a, got a, I got a finance degree. I really polished my business skills. Um, I met a lot of great connections and made uh, good friends. Um, two friends who I'm super close with from Temple. Um, and then, you know, I, I seen, seen what it was like to live in the inner city. And I'm from the suburbs. So, like, yeah, there was definitely a lot of, there was always racial tension for me growing up. Um, you know, I always, my, growing up, my family, I'm, I'm, a, I'm one of three. So my, my mom is a single parent. Um, my parents broke up when I was 15. So we never, we're never well off. We struggled a lot, struggled a lot. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times my brother really took care of me definitely during my, um, from 15 to when I graduated high school. So definitely didn't grow up well off. And it was, it was a struggle financially, um, you know, and, but having said that, going to Temple, really showed me what it was like to really struggle as a minority. And I've seen things there that were like, I lived right across the street from a high school, from a, um, I think it was K, K through five, K through fifth. And there were shootings over there. Someone got killed right around the corner from me. Um, there was always people selling drugs around there. And these poor kids would have to be exposed to all of this. And I was like, man, this is how it's like to to really be oppressed as a as as a black person, and I was like, wow. So, and I was naive, you know. I always there was always racial tension in Bristol, right? Police brutality was um, not as prevalent in Bristol, but police always treated me differently, treated my family members differently, treated my friends differently that were black and brown, right? Um, but out in Philadelphia, it was definitely, definitely much more much much more prevalent and i've seen it all um so temple was a great uh, eye-opener for me 
Um, so then once I graduated from Temple, life again happened and I got in a relationship. Um, and I wasn't quite focused. So like the plan for me was to always go to uh, law school right out of college. Um, and I got into a relationship. I took the bar exam. I, I'm sorry, I took the LSAT. I think I took it like right after, right after college. I didn't do well on it. I hate standardized tests. It was, I did terrible on it. And then I was it. Got in a relationship, um, and we were just. I was just loving the relationship, and life took over. Um, this is. I was with her for two and a half years, and this is the one I wanted to marry. And I was super close with the family, and it was like godsend, right? Um, but. During that whole time, I always felt like me personally, I wasn't achieving my goals um, and I wasn't completely happy. So towards the end of our relationship, I had to like refocus and start focusing on the LSAT because at that at that point, I took it twice. Didn't do well on either 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 one of those times. And I was like, I got to get myself together. I got to get to law school. It was going on three years and I was like, I need to get there. So I refocused, started focusing on that. And the relationship fell apart amongst other reasons why it fell apart. That was like a, that was like the last, the last nail in the coffin. Like I started focusing on my, my, um, my personal goals. And unfortunately she was very spoiled as far as my attention to her throughout most of the relationship. Um, and she didn't like that. I was spending a lot of time alone studying. Um, and like I said, this is not the only excuse, but amongst other things, this was the last straw and, um, and we split and she broke up with me and, um, and it was tough. It was tough. This, this time in my life, it was like really depressing. The worst it was at that point is the worst time in my life. I was single. So how, how, how old are you at this point? Just for um, So I guess I graduated college. I went to high school. I went to college at 19, graduate college. I think I was 23. 23 or 24. So then, um, so at that point I was like 26 or 27. Okay. Um, yeah, 26, 27. So, and at that point, like I literally, I, at that point really almost threw away my dream. Cause at that point I was like, Oh, she, she doesn't want to be with me. Is it because I want to go to law school? Should I like not go to law school? I was like trying everything possible to like, to get her back and at one point i was like i'll give up my dream for her um and it didn't and it didn't work she still left and i got myself i was like i'm tripping i'm not giving away my dream for anybody yeah um and i had to restudy all all over the LSAT. at this at the same point at the same time i was miserable lonely depressed um scared of the LSAT because this is the third time taken and i'm not good at standardized tests i think i don't know that's that's at i didn't do well on it um, I think I did average or below, a little bit below average. I hate standardized tests. Um, and at this point, I was like, you know what, Alan? You got things to do. I was like, you need to work on yourself. You need to get yourself together and make sure when you're in a position in life, whether it's a relationship or a career, you really need to focus on building yourself up so when that time comes, you can deal with any difficulties that come. Um, and I just dug myself in the library took the LSAT, did, did pretty good. Um, and then throughout that process, continue to work myself uh, personally and 
vow that I was do, I would do that. And thank God, God willing, very very blessed. I got a seventy five percent scholarship to University of Florida Law School. Um, and it was like pulling teeth though, because I did not want to go there. I really wanted to stay home because um, I want to practice law in New York City. So, which I'm a law clerk there now, but um, I always wanted to stay in New York City. And going to Florida was like was out the way. It wasn't something I wanted to do. But I was like, you know what? This is part of my journey. This is what God sees for me. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the leap. Like 75% scholarship, I can't turn that up can't pass that up. So I'm like, I'm gonna take the leap. So I went to start law school. Um, and it was it was tough because University of Florida, I don't know if you know, it's um, I'm sure a lot of people listening probably are familiar with Penn State. Um, so Penn State is in, you know, college middle of nowhere, nothing new besides party. Um, the college is the town and University of Florida is just the same thing. There's nothing to do there besides party. The college is the town. And I'm a, you know, I like, I've been in the city, Philadelphia for a long time. So I'm a city boy at heart. So it was tough, you know, having to just study. And there was times like really, like, even when I wanted to go out and not study and not focus on what I need to do, I it's like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, but it was, but it was a great blessing going to University of Florida. Um, you know, I can't thank University of Florida enough. Like, I met amazing people there. Um, one of two of my best friends uh, are from University of Florida. Um, I grew so much spiritually, mentally, um, physically. Like I am one of my best friends out there in University of Florida. He is. Uh, I was. I'm really close with him. Then I became close with his family. So we all went to church together. I went to church with his family, and they took me in. I'm like basically family. Like I'm. They're my second home. I love them dearly. Um, and they're white family. So, and which is great. Um, it was a, a great new experience for me because I've, I, I've had white friends. I've been around white people all my life, but I've never had a close, intimate relationship with a white family and a white person. Um, I, I just on a, on a, um, a non-relational tip because my ex-girlfriend, she was, she was white, but um, this was strictly just friendly, and they treated me like family. They showed me so much love to the point where I was like, "This is kind of scary." Like, I'm not dating their their daughter. I'm not. I'm not bringing nothing really to the table other than just my experience and my love. And they took me in, it's family, and I got to see what it's like for a southern family, and it's really different. Um, you know, I, they shoot guns out there. They they bribe boats on lakes. They eat different foods, food that you would never even heard, never even think of. Um, but it was a great blessing for me. It grew, it grew my faith because very close with them and they're extremely um, religious religious people, strong, strong faith, uh, strong believer God. Um, and it really forced me to take a next step in my in my in my religion. Um, and I don't like to say, and I don't say I'm any type of religion because I don't like to label myself because there's so many stereotypes. There's so many different things that come with that, that I don't agree with. So I say I'm a, I'm a believer of God. I'm a follower of God. I love God. And I think you can take so many different things from all different types of religion. 
Um, and even if they don't call it God, they all believe in unconditional love and they all believe in one, there's a creator up, up there that, you know, is, can do all, right? So whatever you call them, I'm fine with that. Um, it's all, it's very similar. Religions are all very similar. So, um, and then, you know, law school, just being in law school, I was around extremely intelligent people. Work, you know, I was able to work on my writing, reading. I've worked, I worked harder than I ever had in life being in law school. Like it is, it is, if you're not willing to work, it will, it will spit you out. So it's either do the job, do the work or, or get out. And, um, you know, I gained great work ethic. Um, and it was, but at, at the same time, it was always tough to uh, be away from my family. Um, and throughout law school, I mean, I dated, I dated two different women, but it was never a good, it was never a relationship that lasted. And so I always dealt with um, being on myself. Loneliness is, is tough. Um, so I've always dealt with that, but law school created so much growth. Um, and, um, and then after law school, took the, took the New York bar two times. Um, the first time I didn't pass, I missed by six points, extremely devastating. Um, that was, that was probably the biggest obstacle in my life. Cause again, I hate standardized tests. And if you know anything about the bar exam, it is one of the hardest exams you ever take in life. Um, it's miserable studying for it. Um, it's literally like two and a half months, three months of literally just 10 hour days, seven, six, six days a week. You have no life. It's miserable. I wish that upon nobody. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I had to, I really, really had to regroup after I, after I didn't pass. This was like the only time in my life where I said to myself, like, this is the only thing that's going to get me out of this is God. Because before I've gone through things in life and I, God has always been incorporated, but I've listened to motivational speaking all the time. I, re, I read different um, ways, of, ways of being, read different personal development books. Um, you know, I, all those things I've done that in the past, you know, workout, stuff like that. But I was like, yo, this time you need to really focus completely, all wholeheartedly. God is going to get you through this. Um, and this might be a controversial shout out, but shout out Kanye West. He, uh, his, uh, Jesus, Jesus, um, was it Jesus, uh, Jesus is King. Jesus is King. I started listening to gospel music heavily, heavy because of, uh, Jesus is King. I work out, listen to gospel music. Um, and, uh, God, he got me through it and I passed, so, so passed the bar exam. So to rewind back, you're at the University of Florida and you're with a family in particular um, that obviously took you under their wing and were pretty religious in the fact that not only did they have their um, routine of going to church every Sunday, but they really, you know, lived the word, so to speak. That's where it began or that's kind of just strengthening something that was sparkling in your, you know, your past and you just brought it back. Or is that where it kind of all started your relationship with God? Now that was that was definitely where it it, it really grew. Um, but I uh, since I was a young kid, um, I've always gone to church on and off. 
my mom, my um, my dad, my dad grew up in the church. So my grandma, his mom is she goes to church every single Sunday, Bible study Wednesday. She is like she's crazy about church. So she would always be on my case, come to church, Alan, come to church. Um, so I always I've always went to church and I'm extremely close with the pastors in my church. Um, Brother Jerry, he has always been um, he's the I was the apostle now, but um, for majority of the time I was going there, he was the head head pastor and um, he's always helped me out in all aspects of my life. I mean, I've been through so many things in life and God has always been there. He's always protected me. Um, and it's been a constant theme in my life. And honestly, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for God, because I've strayed off on different paths and um, done things I knew I shouldn't have, but he's always brought me back and always protected me um, since, since I was, 12 years old going to church um so but yeah but going being around that family they really showed me what it was like to to bring god's love in a loving relationship unfortunately for myself i've never had a really close experience with a godly loving relationship um so that was a breath of fresh air because unfortunately um from my experience and I know a lot of minorities, particularly black and brown people, they grow up in such circumstances where they don't they don't really see loving relationships. So it's really hard to gauge what it's like to be in a loving relationship. So you look for all the wrong things. So for me, that was a prime example for me, right? So being there with them, like my, my best friend, he was married. His, his parents are still together and then their parents are still together and then his his sister's married, his brother is married. Um, so, and then also so many people in the church are married. Um, but it's like not just being married, but they had really great relationships built on on God. You know, for example, one of my, um, I'm friends with this with this uh, married couple now, but my last roommates in Florida, they're married couples, Ali people. I was so amazed. This is the first time ever that I seen God work in a relationship. I'm super, I'm cool with both of them, right? We're both, we're all roommates. And the, 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 the wife was talking to me about some issue they were having. She didn't know how to talk to the husband. And, and then the husband was talking to me about the issue and he didn't know how to talk to the wife. And then literally he decided to do something and I don't want to, you know, go into details because that's their business. Um, but he decided, he's like, I'm going to handle it this way. And it was exactly the same way she wanted it done. And she was telling me, this is what I want him to do, but I don't know how to tell him. And then he did exactly that. And it was like, there was no way that he would have figured that out if they were both born in tune with God. They were both seeking his guidance and God spoke and put it on his heart to do this. And it was exactly what she wanted. I was like, man, that's a blessing. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. Um, all right, so fast forward, what are you currently doing and, and what's the plan from here? So currently I'm a law clerk remotely uh, for this firm in uh, Manhattan. It's a Robert, Robert um, Robino. Um, it's a small firm. It's like nine attorneys. Um, it's, uh, so basically the work is slow because it's a small firm and then also to the whole issues with, with COVID-19, right? So. I'm only doing contract work, so I only get paid for when I work. 
Um, so once I get my official license, I'm either going to work for them full time as an attorney or um, apply for the jobs. And I'm still applying for the jobs. Um, and the, the owner of the firm, he's he's a great guy. Like he knows he's understand. He's understand. Understanding he's like, you know, you got to find a job. And um, um, so this firm, they do um, a lot of transactional work, mergers and acquisitions, government relations. Um, they do um, they do some trademark stuff. Um, and it, it, it's a great experience. Like the owner of the firm, Seth Ryan, like he's an amazing guy. Like he's very welcoming, helps me out, helps me out whenever I need him. And he's so understanding. And um, he created this opportunity for me because they didn't really have a position available. But he was like, I'm going to give you this opportunity um, either. I'm going to give you this opportunity even though I don't have this position actually. Available. And it's not in the money. They don't have the money to bring me on full time, but I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna bring you on contract, and we're gonna do this. We've never done this before, but for you, I'm gonna do it. Um, but ultimately, my goal is I want to do entertainment and sports law. Um, so either work in house for a major entertainment company or a sporting team, um, or work in house for just a major corporation. Because at the end of that, I love business. Um, so if you know, definitely using my business skills and my legal legal skills together is ideal and you could do that do that entertainment sports um and why entertainment and sports um so for me and i'm long long story short right number one for me i want to my ultimate goal in life is the influence is to influence and help out the masses um whether that's black and brown people, white people, whoever. Um, but I definitely want to particularly focus on black and brown people. And in entertainment and sports, unfortunately, and or fortunately, a lot, a lot of black and brown people, in my opinion, are influenced by sports and entertainment. So I want to be I want to be the one behind these athletes and these entertainers and educate them and push them towards putting out great messages so you could actually influence people in the right way um and then also too i want to work with them and do things that, like open up a community center um open up a food drive like i would love to open up a, like um, a sustainable agricultural business in inner cities um because one issue in inner cities for black and brown people is they have terrible food like i live in i live in centers i live in philadelphia right um i live in a pretty good neighborhood but in bad neighborhoods, they have terrible, they have more Wendy's and Burger Kings and McDonald's in, in their facilities than a good food store. And, you know, diabetes, um, mental issues, addiction, like a lot of these things stem from mental issues, right? So like, and a lot of these things stem from your poor eating habits. So, you know, they need to be able to eat better so having sustainable agricultural farm in those cities will help them out a lot. So stuff like that, you know, like go around and speak and bring entertainers together and, you know, do major things for society. So like for me, that is where I want to make, um, that's the main reason why I want to get into that to entertainment and sports because um, unfortunately or fortunately, the greatest concentration of black and brown, well, African-American wealth in the United States is in that is in that industry. Um, so 
I want to be able to tap into that and help influence uh, the masses and in, in, in the white way. So that's the number one goal. That's the reason why I want to get into entertainment sports. That's awesome. Good stuff. Um, all right, so let's let's. Uh, you kind of alluded to it in the beginning, but I want to tap back into. Um, there's a lot going on um, with justice um, not being served and inequality. Um, you know, systemic racism, police brutality. You know, with everything that's going on, you know, can you just give us a little bit of you know your input on? What's first of all, what's going on and then a possible solutions moving forward? Um, so so I, I see what's going on is nothing, nothing new. Right. So, I mean, systemic racism is has been an issue for the United States for a very long time, unfortunately. Um, so the protest, it's nothing new. And it's, it, it hurts me to see it because. You know, I, but first and foremost, I am a godly man, right? So I love all people. I am a human before I'm black. Um, and I hate to see us all fighting. I wish we would all get along. Um, and the protests, unfortunately, you know, the looting, these things, they cover up the actual message, right? We're, it's about systemic racism for the for the for the um protests particularly for police brutality right so that's that's what it's about and then all the looting just covers us up makes it seem like these black people again are acting like monkeys and um you know look at them this is why they don't have anything um but at the end of the day i i i understand i understand why people are looting right you know, if you oppress a group of people for so long, this is what this is the product of this. You know, this is the seeds that you that you planted. If you oppress these people for so long, you're gonna have ignorant people that do ignorant things. You know, they don't know how to express their feelings, and you have other people who are so upset that all they want to do is just hurt somebody or hurt a business. You know, so this is this is what happens, and this, and this is an issue that. The United States needs to address. We, if we have all these, if we have these oppressed people constantly being oppressed throughout the years, and they see nothing is changing, they're gonna, they're gonna react. And unfortunately, sometimes it's they react in, in a terrible way, and um, it's always gonna happen. So, um, so for me, I mean, I think, I think it starts with just communication and understanding, and just America needs to admit that their past and really say like we have an issue of racism systemic racism like really admit that and really try to change that like you know prison systems are it's another form of slavery you know the police brutality they get they get black and brown people arrested get them in the system and then put them on probation for years and of course they're gonna get up they're gonna you know the probation a minor thing will get them back in jail so they're repeat uh, offenders and they're in the system and once you're in the system once you're in prison it is okay to be treated like a slave and you know you have these big companies who are buying labor for super cheap from these prisons for-profit prisons you know and that's just one part of systematic racism you know the banks it's hard to get loans um you know and i talked about the the, the food the food industry in the inner city you know, education, I talked a little bit about the education. Um, it's terrible. So 
America needs to just submit it, work on it, and then we gotta talk to each other, you know? Like, I could have a civilized conversation with anybody, regardless if I don't agree with what you're saying. My, my, what, my best friend, the guy that I told you about, he went to law school with me in Florida, he, he voted for Trump. I won't say his name. He voted for Trump, and I definitely did not vote for Trump. You know, I won't get political, um, but him and I, he told me, we, we, got, we had a conversation. It's fine. I, I don't, you don't have to agree with everything that I agree with, but let's be good people. Let's try to come together and do what's, what's best for society. And people being devaluing me because of my color of my skin, there's no science, no science out there that says that that is accurate. Nothing. Only thing about my color, my skin, there's some genetics. You know, I have a bigger nose or my bones may be bigger, but nothing says that I'm stupid. Nothing says that I'm incapable. So, like, people need to stop being ignorant and just really stop, stop holding on to the past. You know, I understand there's some people that have been taught by their parents, by their grandparents, right? Like racist, like black people, black and brown people are inferior, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. But you can't be ignorant. You know, there's social media is out here. Like, read a book. Like, nothing is going to reaffirm this false re false reality that you have that because of the color of my skin, I am inferior. So we, we just got to have just talk, communicate, and really try to see where we come from. Um, and I think if we humanize, this, humanize the issue, one of my favorite um, speakers activists, um, intellects is James Baldwin. I encourage everybody to listen to him speak, read, read one of his books. Um, but he really humanized the issue. Like you had people looking down upon their brothers and their sisters and their cousins just because of their color of their skin. You know, people killing people just because of their color of their skin. Like this is your brother, your sister. And you're, and you're doing it just because of the plague of color your skin, like that is, as human beings, that we really need to look at that and be like, it's really affecting our mental state if we really think that this is okay. So communication is communication is the key, and it's going to take time to 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 change it, systemic racism. But let's actually try to make those changes, and I think if we do, we really make a certain decision to do it and really work towards it, then. In time, it'll change. And as a godly man, I could only hope that I only could have faith in, in, in humanity. Absolutely. We took part in a, uh, a peaceful protest uh, with a, a past guest of ours, Mars Derry. And um, a lot of it, there's obviously there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot going on, um, a lot of passion. And it was, it was peaceful. It was well put together. And it, it just, it, it like dropped a bomb on like how heavy the issue is in the most peaceful way. And we talked about this um, and a lot of the messages for everyone else to just listen. And that was huge for me because it was like, all right, now we got, you know, now the, you have the attention of the world. If the world's listening, we got to make sure we're following up. And as you kept to keep saying, with the communication, let's talk this through, work things out, navigate through this. There has to be a harmonized justice system and equality in 
one of the beautiful countries in the world. I mean, come on. Um, the fact that this is still going on is upsetting. The fact that this is still a thing is unreal. Um, but it is. And so it's reality and we have to deal with it. But I do, I agree with you. One of the biggest things is knowledge, increasing the knowledge of everyone, um, educating people, uh, reframing their mindset, you know, having, you know, conversations that are going to have, that are going to create paradigm shifts in someone's mindset. So, um, all these things I think are fantastic. Um, but I definitely believe this is the time to capitalize on it making sure we're having all those conversations on a day in day out basis. Yeah. And it's very important to let's not, let's not just do it now because it's the fire's hot, you know, let's continue to progress, you know? Um, so I, I just, I'm a little nervous because now it's like the pressure's on, right? <laughs> so people are right. going to react for whatever reason they're going to react, whether it's bad or good, but if it dies down, Let's see how they let's see if they keep that same energy. So, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm a godly man first. Um, so I have full faith and trust in him. He always provides, and everything's gonna happen the way he sees fits. So um, he's working every single day. So it's gonna happen the way he wants it to happen. So I trust trust him. Have faith in that. Absolutely. Um, one of the questions I had for you, one of my closeout questions was. Um, you know, throughout your story, you hit segments of where it kind of just slowed down, things slowed down for whatever reason, whether it's relationships, financial situations, regardless of what it was. If someone's out there right now and they're in the middle of one of those little sticking points, what's what's your advice uh, for them to get through? Um, I would tell that person, I, I would tell that person a couple of things, right? Um, first and foremost, strong believer in God, right? Faith, you know, faith and trust in God is very important. So, I um, mean, I know, you know, religion, some it's people are scared of that. So, all right, that doesn't work for you. Fine, you're not able to do that. But I strongly encourage someone to constantly work on themselves, personal development, each and every day. It is a constant journey. Like, face your fears. Um, literally, face your fears. If you, and I, I do this, I'm still facing my fears, but it, it's always personal about me. I'm always trying to grow, become a better person, uh, work on yourself constantly because I guarantee you in life, there will always be a time where you're going to be down. There's always going to be obstacles. It's a guarantee in life. I don't care how successful you are, how rich you are, whether it's, you know, a mental issue or, you, you know, you go bankrupt or you, you get a divorce there's always going to be a downtime. There's always going to be a time where the work that you put in prior to working on yourself, building yourself up, gaining the strength, facing your fears, you're going to be like, aha, this is the moment where all those things are going to come to fruition and be like, I can deal with this moment. I can get through it. But it's, you know, you got to continue to work on yourself because it's going to happen again, right? It's a constant growth. Life is all about growth. So, I would tell that person, continue working yourself. The greatest growth in life, I think, is through struggle. You know, there's at this moment, if you're going through hard times, it's a perfect time for you to to grow. And, um, you know, struggle is temporary. It's not permanent. Um, so continue to work on it, continue to grow. And it's definitely, it's, it's going to get better and you're going to be, it's going to, 
you're going to gain so much from it. And of course, probably looking at in the moment, you're not going to understand and realize what you're going to gain from it. But I promise you, looking back on it, you will be like, man, it's a great blessing that I went through that because I am so much stronger now. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's for me, that was that that's what I would say. Continue to work on yourself, personal development, um, whatever that is. How, how do you inspire yourself? I listen to motivational speaking. Um, you know, I uh, read books. Um, God, of course, but whatever motivates you, whatever builds you up, allows you to grow, pushes yourself, do that. All right, perfect. Um, are you on social media at all? So it's Alan, lowercase a, L, L, E, N, and then underscore, Michael, lowercase m, I, C, H, A, E, L, 88. 88 is uh, the, the numbers, the number 88. Got you. Perfect. All right, so there you have it, at Alan underscore Michael 88. Uh, on his IG, if you know, if you guys want to follow him, reach out to him, um, have further discussions. That was great, man. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, thank, thank you, thank you guys for your time. It's a great thing you guys are doing. Um, keep doing what you're doing because even even when you don't, even when you may not know, but a lot of people are getting motivated motivated by this, and someone could be at their last straw in life and see see this podcast or see. Jimmy Lee's um, motivational speaking that he does and can help them survive and, and grow from it. So I appreciate you gentlemen. I appreciate you guys continue to do the work and anything. I always support um, great message and love you brothers. Love you too, Alan. Thank, Thank you, man. buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, we'd like to close things out with quotes. And the first one is by Henry Ford coming together is a beginning staying together is progress and working together is success. The second one by Heidi Reader. Commitment is the foundation of great accomplishments. Raise the bar. In this episode, we have special guest Alan Connor. We cover topics that range from racism, justice and equality, God, law school, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Heidi Reader and Henry Ford. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed. <laughs>